You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Megan Dillon and Beck Benyon. We're two millennial women in the corporate world juggling wellness and a fast-paced lifestyle. On this podcast, we're breaking down wellness into digestible episodes that fit into your weekly routine. We're on this journey with you, learning from wellness and lifestyle experts in their fields. From our lighthearted banter, what's the appropriate amount of time to go between shaving our legs? To getting deep about everyday struggles like hormones, societal norms, and gut health, we're your podcast besties. Disclaimer, no late night text needed to detox and chill. Um, what's everyone what's everyone having for dinner tonight? <laughs> the best way to lead off our episode. So we record, I don't even know if you guys know this. So sometimes we record on the weekends, but usually it's after work mm-hmm. and I'm an early morning or not morning. <laughs> Losing it. I'm an early evening eater for dinner. Yeah, same. Yeah. Like as soon as I get home at six o'clock, I'm like, okay. When's dinner going to be ready? I used to do this in college, too. Like, all my friends would want to go at, like, 7.30. So late. I want to go at 6, and that's pushing it. Right. It's so late. (laughs) Like, I don't understand people who are like, oh, we'll eat dinner at 8 o'clock or 8.30. I'm like, that's the time that I'm getting ready for bed. And, like, I never plan. That's the thing. I never plan to eat that late. It definitely happens. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Kind of a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. But I never go in being, like... This is the time mm-hmm. I'm going to eat dinner. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but for some reason today I'm not super hungry and it's yeah. almost 8 o'clock. Yeah. Which and is I weird. I think it's that post-Thanksgiving. <sighs> yeah. Mom's cooking. Mm-hmm. And just like on a weird, like, I don't know if you feel like this, but whenever I go home, I don't get hungry. Right, because there's always like there's food available. There's always food. Mm-hmm. Even if I wait, like, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. If yeah. it's like I'm naturally eating more because it's mm-hmm. there and like I want to. Or you just don't have the anxiety of not having food. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's weird. So we just both got back from Thanksgiving. Um, Meg got back on Saturday. I flew back last night on the red eye. So got back this morning. Still kind of a zombie right now. <laughs> Still recording. <laughs> Still recording because we love you. Love you so um, much. And we talked about it earlier, but both of our bodies just kind of didn't love all of the Thanksgiving food. So, <laughs> I, you know what? This is an open, we're an open book. accepting space. So, as you all probably know by this point, I have some digestive issues. Mm-hmm. They're pretty under control, but that doesn't mean that I don't get occasional bouts of stuff going on (laughs) so over thanksgiving so we do and i think i've touched on this before but we actually do two thanksgivings in one day so we'll do my um family's thanksgiving at like noon and then we drive two hours digest and then we do a a second thanksgiving so at our like my family's thanksgiving i was eating whipped cream like I was eating everything that I love and just like having the best meal ever I wasn't like stuffed but Mm -hmm. I was definitely full and then at literally as we're pulling into the parking lot of my in-laws house I feel the pangs and I'm like (laughs) uh uh-oh I try and brush it off and then we get in and I'm like it's going to happen. It's happening. So I had some digestive distress mm-hmm. at my mm-hmm. in-law's house with like 12 people. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. You know? And I had a similar <laughs> uh, experience with Thanksgiving food. So my body doesn't always love gluten. And as yeah. you know, uh, stuffing is one of my favorite foods. Mm. Maybe you don't know that. I don't know why you would know that. But I had regular stuffing and I had a roll <laughs> or a couple of rolls. Yeah. And I had a lot of gluten. And I just. Maybe that was. I it wasn't too. sure it. So, okay, we're just going to lay it off. Just lay it off. <laughs> so. I really, I felt like I had gas, but I felt like if I were to pass gas, <laughs> then I would crap my pants. <laughs> so, Nothing like having to squeeze. So I was holding it in bad. And then I would go to the bathroom every now and again, and it would just, like, for my sister-in-laws and my mother-in-law who's listening right now, I'm so sorry. I don't think that you, ha- you smelled it. They probably had no clue. Yeah, I, there were a lot. There were like twenty four people yeah. around, so yeah. like there was a lot of people that it could have been. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that was our Thanksgiving experience. Although it was very fun and it was a great time, we loved yeah. being with our families. Yeah. But yeah. stomachs, you know, it just it just makes us realize why we yeah. eat the way we do on a regular basis. Exactly. I go in and I'm like. Yeah, I'm going to eat all this food. Mm-hmm. Hashtag balance. And then like literally three hours later, mm-hmm. my body's like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for those of you out there who experience the same things, we feel you. We feel you. We love you. Hopefully you're recovered We hear now. you. <laughs> We're with you. We stand by you. Um, so today's episode um, is kind of about food and balance mm-hmm. and health. Um, so we interviewed Chris DeVecchio, who is um, a trainer. He is the owner and founder of the 5 by 2 Method, owner of his own physical um, fitness business. All around great guy. Mm-hmm. We love chatting with him. Mm-hmm. He has so many stories. He has so many life lessons to share um and I felt like we really got vulnerable with him which was awesome we did I feel like so one thing we talk about in this episode stay tuned till the end Mm -hmm. is failure and I feel like that's one thing that's really hard to open up about like honestly as I'm sitting here I don't know what I would feel comfortable saying Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yep and he was just so up open and honest Mm -hmm. and it was just like reassuring Mm -hmm. to see someone who you see as very successful and having it all together and just like what he views as his failures so I really appreciated that I loved all of his other insight and tips Mm -hmm. and I think you guys are really gonna love this episode yeah he really I mean, there's a lot of really good nuggets of information in there so listen closely keep a notebook by your side while you're listening because you're going to want to jot some notes down um and he was born and raised in massachusetts so near and dear to our hearts and Mm -hmm. now he lives in la um living the dream of no winter so (laughs) we're a little slightly jealous of that (laughs) Um, but chris is awesome please go check him out um his website is pmblife.com and you can find him at chris debecchio on instagram Mm -hmm. um as always, you can find us at Detox and Chill Podcast on Instagram, .com, Stitcher, iTunes, however you're listening right now. We 
promise we'll get Spotify in 2019. Mm-hmm. That is one of our goals. We have a lot of exciting <laughs> things coming in 2019. We do. We should, we'll talk about that sometime yeah. soon. Um, yeah. But we have, we wrote a whole list of things we want to do in 2019. Um, some goals still for 2018 that we're hoping to accomplish. So we're hoping to finish this off, this year off strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just want to thank you for this whirlwind roller coaster of a ride that this year has been yes so share with your friends um i think that's like how we grow the fastest Mm -hmm. so if you guys love this podcast please tell your friends about it tell your mom Mm -hmm. tell your brother Mm -hmm. tell anyone who you think it would help in any way um and also tell them to subscribe because we have a subscriber goal for the end of this year and if we make it something big is gonna happen and we're very close we just need to get over that edge yes. um so we're super excited we love you as always just keep being you keep being you <laughs> we love you so much we love you <laughs> um and we hope you enjoyed the episode bye guys bye This episode is brought to you by one of our favorites, Silver Fern. As you know, we use them every single day. We use the protein powder, the fiber powder, the probiotics. My personal favorite is the chocolate protein powder with probiotics. Very efficient. And we have an announcement. There is also a vanilla version of Mm -hmm. the probiotic protein powder. Um, So I tried that version this week in my morning smoothies, and I absolutely loved it. I'm always a vanilla girl, actually, over chocolate. So I'm loving that. I'm still incorporating the probiotics every single morning. And I just feel like as the holidays are upon us, which means, I mean, today was my Thanksgiving at Mm -hmm. work. So it's just good to keep everything in your gut healthy, and silver fern really helps me to do that Mm -hmm. and I love starting off the day with silver fern I've added the fiber powder recently it's flavorless you can literally add it to anything and it's just that extra dose of fiber to get things moving so we love silver fern we hope you do too you can use our code detox 15 for 15 percent off yeah and it's a great gift too yes such a good gift I know I'm thinking about people I can get the protein powder Mm -hmm. for this holiday season Mm -hmm. so stock up and thank you, Silver Fern. Thanks, Silver Fern. Hi, everyone. So we have Chris DeVecchio on today. He is owner and trainer of PMB Life, um, and he just authored a book called The 5 by 2 Method. So we're really excited to have him. Thank you, Chris, for coming on. If you can just give us kind of a background of um, how you started, where you came from. We know you're from Boston. Um, so yeah, just tell us what your journey has been like. Yeah. Hi, thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. It's exciting to be here. I moved out here from Boston back in 2002. Um, at the time I, uh, I was coming out, I'd come out of college where I had played division one college hockey. Um, and, Towards the, my junior year in uh, college, I ended up leaving hockey and moving into bodybuilding. Um, and as a way to just put on more size for hockey, I, I was encouraged to hit the weight room and really focus on on uh, weight training and nutrition. And that, that was something that was never really a big part of my life uh, growing up as a kid. You know, I spent a lot of time in sports-specific you know, training and technique, but not really building my body up physically for the sport. I was more of a, a finesse player, um, not so much of a physical player. 
But as I went into college, it became more important. So hitting the weight room and really focusing on nutrition to, to, to build muscle and put on size and strength was something that I fell in love with very quickly and um, just fascinated with the fact that I have the ability to manipulate my body and have total control over what happens with my body just simply based on on uh, exercise and, and what food I eat. And so, and also supplementation was part of that as well. Um, so <clears throat> quickly became a student of uh, life and took matters in my own hands and did tons of research and um, trial and error. I was the guinea pig for everybody that I could possibly know back then. Um, and I'd say it was 2002 when I decided I was uh, I was going to move out to LA to pursue a, an acting career, and so therefore moving out this way, I had a new purpose and a new reason for taking on control and, and shape and condition of my body for for different roles for TV and film that I was I was uh, engaging in. But the you know the advancement in health and fitness continued to progress, where I continued to increase my knowledge and. And I had an up and down career uh, for 12 years. And in between all that, I was training people on the side and I was bartending and waiting tables and, you know, still heavily entrenched in the health and, and, and fitness concepts. Um, and about 2012, uh, it was, about, yeah, it was 2012, I believe, I decided that I was going to go full time on my business. And... I had a lot of people taking interest and, and I was just taking a different approach, you know, with there, there was a whole shift kind of happening in terms of self-development and self-awareness and mindfulness. And, and that was something that was already a big part of my life. I had spent many, many years in, you know, self-development courses and workshops and working with different life coaches and mentors. And I wanted to make that, uh, an overwhelming, uh, component of my program and as I saw, you know, doing the inner work was was translating to much faster, better, sustainable results on the physical side for a lot of my clients. And so I took out a $1,500 loan from a buddy of mine and built this outdoor training facility, this 10 by 10 square foot structure out of four by four and plumbing pipe and electrical conduit and bought some dumbbells and a bench and mats and bands and everything I kind of felt like I needed to just get this makeshift training facility up and running and using that as the basis of knowing I was going to be able to to disprove the theory that you have to be in a an equinox or a bay club or one of these big expensive gyms to get in shape and get healthy um, so I spent a lot of time developing my program which became a 90-day program that incorporated uh, nutrition customized nutrition plans customized training programs <clears throat> excuse me, and customized supplement regimens and as well as a lot of lifestyle coaching and lifestyle hacks and just teaching people about um, things that they can add in that aren't necessarily about pushing their bodies. It's more about actually stepping back and slowing down stress management, time management, you know, you know uh, areas and areas like that that needed a lot more attention and focus. Um, it tends to be what I would consider a, a blind spot for a lot of people. Um, thing, you know, secrets that are kind of hiding in plain sight where they don't really put much focus on on um, uh, working on. So, built that built that entire program with that premise, and very quickly was able to start building a strong client base. And uh, I'd say it was 
back in 2016, I, I linked up with a client who had a $1.2 million bet um, that was backed by Dan Bilzerian. And um, he had a goal that he had to get from 33% body fat to below 10% body fat in six months. And so he and I worked our deal and we set off on a six month journey. And in six months, on the six month mark, we got him down to 8.8% body fat. We won the bet. This got uh, uh, globally publicized. We got a huge article in the New York Post, which then got us a segment on Good Morning America, and and the thing just went viral. Um, so from there, the business really uh, took off on a on a quick trajectory, and I was now playing on a bigger platform where people were able to kind of see what I was doing that was different than than some other trainers out there. Um, you know, to to be able to recognize that there's a lot more to to you know, getting healthy and, and total wellness than just focusing on the gym because a lot of the work that I did with this guy to win the bet was a lot of it was in the gym, but there was also a lot behind the scenes with the lifestyle coaching. It's something that I really feel passionate about, and I feel it's very, very important um, that that's something that people just kind of miss the mark on. And so after we won that bet, um, my remote training business really started to take off. You know, I, I trained about 50% of my clientele locally here in Southern California and the other 50% of my clientele I train remotely all around the world. I've got clients in Asia. I've had clients in Australia, all over Europe, all over the United States. Um, so it's been an interesting journey for me as well through this process. But, you know, I just love sharing uh, my ideas and my methodologies and and just sharing different perspectives for people that can help get them out of their own way and, and give them uh, a new path and a new direction with some new motivation and inspiration. So I love that you touched on, you know, everyone is so busy in today's society. I feel like we're all trying to get from point A to point B and just rushing around and there's so much going on um, in everyone's life. So I love that your approach takes that into consideration. It's just really realistic and I really appreciate that. Um, one thing I'd love for you to touch on is thinking about our health proactively instead of reactively. I feel like there's definitely been times in my life where I've been more reactive than proactive. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that you, that's a great point that you bring up. And that's really something that I, I really do try to encourage. Um, because, you know, it says it's human nature for us to be reactive. You know, we tend to get caught up in, in our lives and the busyness of our lives. And, and we tend to forget about how vulnerable we really are. And it's not until, you know, we're sitting in the doctor's office and there's that 10, 15 seconds of silence and the doctor's trying to figure out a way to, to break the news that it's not looking good or there's something terminal or, you know, it's, you just don't really want to be in that position. So I really spend a lot of time trying to encourage my clients, um, the importance of getting in front of things, you know, because no matter how old we get or how young we are, we're susceptible to anything. You know, I'm, I'm 40, 41 years old and I talk about myself. I mean, I spend a lot of time working on my body and spend pay a lot of attention to my health. But at the end of the day, it's, I'm still, you know, it's still a 41 year old car, right? So a 41 year old car that you get oil changes, you, you change the tires, you give it a paint job, you get a detail every couple of weeks, things are still going to break down on it no matter how well you take care of it. But things are going to break down less. There's going to be less wear and tear. So getting in front of it is super important. 
Um, and, and what I tend to think that where people lose the uh, foresight of being proactive is that their stakes really aren't high enough for themselves in terms of why they're choosing to engage in, in healthier lifestyles, um, whether it's nutrition or exercise. And, you know, most often there's people, most of us care more about the vanity aspect of getting in shape. You hear people talking about they want a six pack or, you know, they want bigger chest or bigger legs or bigger arms, you know, or a bigger butt, you know, whatever it might be. And that's all great. But vanity is to me is just not a high enough stake for people to be really locked in on the proactive component. And so I really encourage clients that I work with to dig a little bit deeper and find a bigger, higher stake that when they are stuck in those moments of wanting to go to the gym or not, or, you know, eating healthier or not, they can reflect on that stake that will really encourage them to push through and, 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 uh, and, and stay on track and stay motivated. You know, an example might be, you know, someone who recently had a baby and, you know, the high stake there could be, you know, listen, I need to be a good example for my child and for my family. I want to be around for a long time. I want to be healthy and be able to play with my kids and bend down and pick them up and throw a football or, or do whatever, you know, so that stake is much higher than just trying to get a six pack, you know? Um, and so when you build those higher stakes, I think that it gives you a much better uh, perspective in terms of creating a more proactive approach uh, as opposed to waiting for something down the line to happen that could really encourage you to do something because, you know, unfortunately it's sometimes it's, it, it's too late, you know, uh, by the time people wake up. So being proactive is really, really, uh, really important. Um, I think a lot of times in our society, um, health is kind of built up to this, um, kind of outwards appearance instead of inward. Um, and so I'd love to kind of talk about whether you're seeing a trend in clients coming to you either for vanity reasons or because, you know, they want to just quickly drop the 10 pounds, um, or if they're kind of already in that mindset of healing from within. You know, it, I think it's a little, it's a little bit of both, but probably more for the vanity purpose. Um, you know, I, I kind of talk about my business that the fitness, it, you know, the training and all that, it's a bit, it's a bit of a front for the real operation of what I'm doing here. Um, you know, the, the fitness component is super important. I, I, I will not downplay the importance of exercising and strength training and, and moving your body and cardiovascular training. It's super important. But, you know, I'm working on a much deeper level with clients. And oftentimes I find that there's deeper things going on. For example, someone who's overweight, it's not because they don't know they shouldn't be eating fast food and junk food on a regular basis. It's, there's a lack of self-love, a lack of self-esteem, um, you know, the confidence is low. And so those, those types of states of mind tend to lead to lack of self-love activity, you know, um, possibly mild depression or, you know, low motivation. So, so when we start to dig and get underneath the layers and get to the truth of what's really going on and start to work on healing and resolving some of that, you see the translation of where it starts to show up physically in their bodies when they're taking really good care of themselves. Somebody who reflects self-love cares about the food that they're putting in their body because they understand how important it is to making them feel good and making them function properly and, and taking care of their health long term. Um, same thing goes for exercise, you know, so 
Um, but I would say more often than not, people typically come in for the vanity purpose, but I think on a, on a subconscious level, it's always deeper and it reveals itself very quickly just through, you know, open dialogue that we, that we engage in and the work starts to take off synergistically and it, and it works together. Very rarely does it become independent. It's, it's all kind of tangled in and, and wound up together. Um, but it's, but it's a beautiful process to watch unfold when, when you see these transformations take place because the physical transformation is, is great, but it's really becoming out of a result of all this internal transformation that's happening where you see changes in their relationships, changes in their careers, changes in their, their personal lives and goals and, and, uh, new hobbies and activities they are picking up and just even physically seeing somebody walk in taller with better posture, you, you know, portraying more confidence. I mean, you see these things take place and it's just a beautiful process to watch. You must be so proud whenever you get to see that final transformation. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I, I always say, I find myself often saying, I'm like, I never know who's more blown away, myself or the client at the time. You know, I, I kind of have an idea of what to expect at this point, just because I've seen so many transformations. But at the same time, like I just, it just never gets old, you know, because everybody's different and every transformation is different and every reaction is different. I mean, I've had clients just breaking down, bawling, crying with tears of happiness because they just, they're, they're thinking back to the moment they walk through the door feeling hopeless, you know, not just from a, from a physical standpoint, but just feeling hopeless in general. And, you know, the disciplines and the training and the commitments and the level of confidence that comes through um, that ties into that, the in improvement of self-esteem and self-worth and self-love that comes from the training, all of that just really, it, it's a very powerful transformation and more so than the physical, you know? And I think that towards the end of these programs, when I'm working with clients is that, you know, they're incredibly happy and satisfied with how they look physically, but they recognize that, you know, that's not, that's not the end all be all. I mean, they're happy with the way they look, but you know, the other the other values that have taken place are, are far more, uh, are far more powerful for them. That's so cool. And it, it's just kind of the added bonus, um, of putting in all of that hard work. So that's so amazing. One thing I would also love to talk about is the holiday season. So Thanksgiving was last week. Um, Beck and I were talking about how, you know, the meals that we have aren't something that we normally eat. So we both had some issues <laughs> afterwards. Some digestive issues. To put it lightly. Um, so I think for me, that's like one struggle I have is balancing wanting to indulge during the holidays, um, you know, not work out, just spend time with family as opposed to sticking to my routine. So I would just love to hear your thoughts on that kind of an approach. Yeah. Um, good question. I, there, there's a lot of, uh, I have a lot of different thoughts to the different areas that you just talked about related to nutrition and to training. Um, you know, when I, when I touch on this subject, I always talk about looking at, you know, nutrition and training, looking at a program, I, I try to stretch out my whole year and get a, a, a wide angle lens on what's going on throughout my whole year. Because no doubt this time of year between Thanksgiving and Christmas and, you know, even tag in Halloween for some of those candy lovers out there that 
<clears throat> it's a challenging time of year. And, you know, you really should give yourself some flexibility and some freedom to be able to enjoy the holidays and enjoy some of the food. And it's, I think it's a nostalgic time for a lot of people who go back and visit with their families and get some of mom's homemade cooking or some of the family recipes and drinks and desserts and, and things that people look forward to all year long that help connect them on a deeper level back to their roots. And so I think it's important to allow yourself to be able to enjoy some of that. But if you if you really start out in January to kind of prep yourself for that, you give yourself the whole year to kind of go through a different series of ebbs and flows. Like I literally would block out my year and go, okay, from January to March, I'm going to I'm going to kick it up. I'm going to get super dialed in. I'm going to be really tight with my food and my training. I'm really going to hold myself accountable because I got a trip coming up in the middle of March and I want to look really great for that. But then after after that trip, I'm going to scale back a little bit, give myself a little bit more flexibility. Won't go as hard because I want to save some a little bit in the tank for what's going to come at the beginning of Q3. And Q beginning of Q3, I'm going to start to turn it up maybe in July, August, somewhere around there, I'm going to turn it up and go super hard through the end, middle of October. And then I'm going to scale back a little bit and give myself some flexibility to, to kind of breeze through the holidays. But doesn't mean you just abandon your training. It's just give yourself some time because if people try to go burn hard all year long, Typically, they can go from like January to September or so, but then you get to October and your hands just go up in the air and you're like, I'm done. And so if you're done at that point, not really holding yourself accountable in between these holidays, then the holidays slipping and sliding with food and training, it hits you even harder. But if you have, if you conserve a little gas in the tank throughout the year to be able to push hard through the holidays, meaning if you're going to have a cheat meal or you're going to take a day off, you know, make sure on the days that you are working that you're pushing yourself really hard. Make sure on the days that you are working that you're eating really clean and taking care of yourself still and staying on point. So that, so that when you do eat a cheat meal, it doesn't hit you as hard. It's like kind of going over a speed bump at 100 miles an hour. Your body doesn't really feel it as opposed to if you're eating loads of junk food and you're feeling unmotivated because you're just burnt out from the year and sitting on the couch – that's going to have a much dra more drastic effect on your body. From a training standpoint, I would say, you know, it's a little less damaging, meaning you can afford to take a day off of training here and there to spend time with friends or family. But at that point, I would really try to dial in the nutrition in between the, the cheat meals. Um, when it comes to like portion control and portion sizes, when it comes to some of these cheat meals, I, I talk about really using your stomach as your guide and taking your time and pacing yourself. You know, Thanksgiving is is uh, is renowned for people. They try to they try to hold out and get ready for this big meal so that by the time they go up for their first round, their plate is overflowing and they've just crushed themselves with all this food all at once, and their stomachs are super uncomfortable. They're laid out on the couch. You know, and it who knows what's going to happen later on in, in terms of like digestion. It's just it could become a nightmare as opposed to just trying to space it out a little bit more. You know, go slow. You, you can go up for seconds and take a nap and go back up for thirds and and really kind of take your time through the process. And, and even the next day you can enjoy, you know, an open faced turkey sandwich the day after. So it's 
you know, when I say use your stomach as your guide, it's like if you feel yourself starting to get full, slow down, stop, take a break, you know, come back to it in like an hour or two. Let your body digest and break down the foods that you just consumed as opposed to just slamming all this food in, which your body can't even digest and absorb and process all that food all at once. Anyways, give yourself a chance to just relax and get comfortable, get up, take a walk if you want, work it off a little bit. And then come back and go back in again if you want to get a little bit more. But, you know, using your stomach as your guide is probably the best way for you to be able to kind of create that that healthy balance. Because staying strict and regimented through the holidays tends to become a bit of a, a mental game for people. And I just don't think that this time of year, if we're trying to be realistic um, and you're trying to allow yourself to enjoy the holidays, just to, you know, you should give yourself that. That's part of the self-care, you know. I love that you brought up the mental part of it because I think that is what we've been trying to get across with the podcast is really that mm -hmm. that mental foundation um, which yields those physical results. But I'd love to get into the five by two book that you wrote. Um, we've both read it. We both love the concepts in it. Um, it's all about habits and noticing your five senses. Um, and I think it's a really simple way to kind of break down those daily habits Um and so I'd love for you to talk about that. Yeah, the five by two method is a technique that I developed based on scientific research that talks about the the effects of creating a positive feedback loop through your five senses. And it's tapping into your five senses. The technique that I developed is tapping into your five senses at what I consider to be the two most crucial points of your day. First thing in the morning when you wake up as a way to set you off on a positive trajectory for your day. And last thing you do before you go to sleep is a way to help set your subconscious through your sleeping hours because our brains are still processing even though we're sleeping at night. So that kind of bookends your day and creates that positive feedback loop. So you're starting your day off, ending your day, and then coming right back into the start of your day again with that feedback loop. Um, a couple of, like an example of what my morning five by two might be. It's I wake up in the morning and I put on my slippers right away. That's my touch. I'll walk downstairs, I'll grind my coffee beans, and before I pour them in the machine, I'll, I'll take a couple seconds just to really you know, smell the beans and take in the aromas. I'll pour them in the coffee machine, set the machine, I'll then turn on a podcast that I often listen to in the morning, typically a Gary Vaynerchuk or sometimes Joe Rogan, um, sometimes Tony Robbins or Tim Ferriss, whatever. I have a, a different arsenal of, of podcasts that I listen to. Um, I read a positive quote from this website that I subscribe to, and then I start drinking my coffee once it's ready. And so within the first 20 minutes, I've hit all five of my senses with things that create positive feedback loops for me that help to calm my central nervous system, reduce my stress levels, get me in a really great space to to start frame the framework for my for my day. And then throughout the day, you know, things kind of happen. Sometimes my days get stressful, but if that happens, I'm starting uh, stress is kind of increasing in my body from a lower jump off point than it normally would had I not engaged in my five by two. Then when I get home at night, I'll come home, jump right back into my slippers immediately. I light a stick of incense, maybe a candle. I bring the lights in the house down really low because I like soft lighting to help uh, work with my body's natural uh, natural system. At, at, at nighttime, you know, your body wants to, wants to slowly start to come down and relax. So bringing down the serotonin levels, the, that circadian cycle. Um, I'll turn on some light ambient music, typically like Thievery Corporation or um, Jay Wolf or something that's just kind of relaxing for me. 
Um, I listen to a podcast at night typically as I'm falling asleep and I'll, there's a, a tea that I like, either a, a bamboo tea or it's a, a sleepy time uh, chamomile tea that I'll use. And so that kind of helps set my trajectory going into my sleeping hours of, of a positive feedback loop as well, as opposed to you know, maybe coming home at night and turning on the TV to Dateline and, you know, playing some loud music with, with bright, bright lights in the house and, you know, not really thinking about the foods that I'm eating, the things that I'm doing to try to intentionally soothe my body and calm it down. Um, so the technique has been backed by science. Um, you know, there's all sorts of research that I incorporate into the book and, and I include a workbook in the back of the book, just to kind of teach people how simple this technique can be and how to, how to build your own five by two and then play around with some different variations to see which one works best for you. And that's kind of the best part about the five by two method is that it sets the framework up for the technique, but it really is individual case basis. And it's so unique to each person because we all have different things that create different positive feedback loops for each other. And, uh, and, and the other Great part about this is that it costs almost no money. A lot of these things are either items that we already have or they're household items or the things that we can find for free. You know, it could be walking outside and watching a sunrise or a sunset. It could be wind chimes that are hanging on our patio. It could be the smell of a rosemary bush that sits right out front of your house. I mean, these are things that that literally don't cost anything other than a little bit of time for you to take for yourself to slow down and be a little bit more present and a little bit more mindful. I love that you touched on stress because I think that's something that's just so prevalent in our lives today. Everything from work to honestly just being on social media, um, I think can be really challenging at times. So I love that you touched on that. My question is, so the five by two method is amazing and it seems so simple when you think about it, but was it a light bulb moment for you? Like, how did you figure it out? It was interesting. I was, um, it, it was kind of a light bulb moment, you know, it was, I was working in the, the, a, a book called the five minute journal. Are you, are you, one of you familiar with that? Yep. So it's a, it's a journal that, I mean, that gives you the framework to start your day writing in and then you finish your day writing in. And it, it asks the same questions. I mean, it's like a hundred pages of the same, <laughs> the same outline. But the idea of the book is, is to uh, really kind of help you identify patterns so that you can learn how to make shifts and changes or, or just figure out what's working for you. You know? Um, so one of the questions they ask at the end of your day the very last question they ask on the on the nighttime part portion of the journal is what could have made today better and so after a few weeks i glanced back and i was noticing that i kept writing nothing today was perfect or today was great or you know and that wasn't to suggest that like i'm perfect and my life is perfect but what i was realizing is that i was just feeling like my days were really complete you know like i didn't really need a lot more um I, I tend to, uh, I'm, I'm pretty I'm tend to be a minimalist and I'm very simple, simple living. And so, um, at that time, you know, the things that were making my days feel so complete were, you know, I'm waking up and I, I wake up in a, in a, in a great, beautiful condo with a roof over my head. I've got food in my fridge. I've got a successful business with a lot of great people that I've worked with successfully. And all of my clients are being taken care of in a great space and everybody's making progress and, you know, I'm healthy. I've got friends and family. I live in California. I'm right by the beach. I mean, I was, 
in that space of like, I just don't, it was hard for me to answer that question. I mean, I could have written, yeah, a million dollars would have been nice to make the day great, but, uh, you know, how realistic, how realistic is that? So I tried to keep it a little bit more realistic and, and that was just where my mind went. And so I just, I was just being honest and I would write that down. And I was trying to think back on why I, you know, why I felt so confident in that. And I realized that there were things that I do consistently in my life that, that make me feel that way. And I was writing these things at night and during the times that I was drinking my tea with a stick of incense and I've got my slippers on. And so I was like, God, I'm like, this is something that I actually do intentionally. Like I do it intentionally, but I didn't realize what an impact it was really having on me. So, so then I started being even more intentional and more conscious and more present with it in the mornings and the evenings and realized that it, it amplified it even more for me to the point where I was like, this is, this is something now, like this is really a technique. And I feel like somebody who's on myself is already pretty low stress and like, you know, grateful and present and, and mindful. It's taken it to another level for me. So I can only imagine for somebody who's not even close to being in that space, what kind of impact it would have for them in terms of shifting them. Um, so that's really, that was kind of the light bulb moment, the aha moment to where I was like, I've got to, I've got to put this together. I've got to, I got to make this a book. And, and so for, you know, I'd say about almost a year, this was a concept and spent some time doing some research and pulling things together. And, um, I met the girl who's now my fiance and I was sharing the idea at the time. And she was like, you got to put this together. You really get, you got to make this book. And within three months we went out and found, uh, we self published and found all the research. We had a little help from a, from a friend of mine who's a writer who came on board and worked with us to help, you know, kind of structure these things. Cause she's got a lot of experience in, in, uh, in writing books. Um, but within three months we had the whole book pulled together, self published and, and up on Amazon. And it's just been, it's been a great tool to be able to share with people. Um, just again, for the simple fact of, of how pragmatic and, and easy to implement this really is. And, um, I don't know, I'm just really, I'm really proud of it. And I'm, I, I continue to, to, to get excited every time I have an opportunity to share it with people. Because I find that like when I, when I do share this with people, what often happens is that they realize, wow, I'm actually doing, I'm, I'm doing some sort of version of this already. I just didn't know it. And so by bringing it to their awareness, it, it does exactly what it did for me. It just, it ups the ante and amplifies that feeling and experience to where that really has a positive impact on people's days. Um, it's definitely about that awareness for sure. I think a lot of us in the wellness space and even out of the wellness space, we focus on these huge leaps and strides that we make and we often forget about those daily habits that we set in motion. So really focusing on that I think is important. Um, so one of the things that we like to talk about on the podcast, um, just to kind of keep it realistic is the failures that people go through. So the hard times, the bumps in the road, um, that we might experience that we kind of learn the most from. Um, so I'd love to know if you have had a, any periods in your life where, you know, you're kind of down on your luck. You're, you're not really sure where to go next and what you've learned from those experiences. Um, yeah, you know what, honestly, I would say, I would say a, a, a big portion of my life has been a series of failures to be honest with you. Um, 
you know, one might look at it a different way and I certainly could look at it a different way if I want to spin it that way. But if I'm being honest with how I really feel about it, um, especially at the time and in the moments, I, I would have certainly said that they felt like failures, but I learned from them. Um, one being my hockey career, you know, um, I was on skate since I was five years old. And um, I think I realized probably in my early teen years that hockey was going to be something that I pursued heavily. And so always had in sight, you know, going to college, playing hockey, possibly going to play juniors and, and who knows, maybe the NHL. Um, but as I got older, um, you know, my skill level was strong, but it wasn't strong enough to go that far. Uh, it passed division one, past college hockey. So for me, you know, in many ways, that, that felt like a failure to me. But in the midst of, of, you know, that hockey career, you know, I was introduced to weightlifting and bodybuilding and, and that turned me on into a different direction. And then I went on to compete in, in several different bodybuilding shows that I never placed first. Um, you know, first it, it, it's always a goal of mine. And at that time I felt like, you know what, man, hockey, like I want to be one of the best players always and, and get to that top, but I didn't bodybuilding. This is my chance. I can do it. And so I fought and I, I trained and, and still never got there. But what came out of that failure was all of the, the, the knowledge and information and discipline, um, that came out of what it would take to become a competitive bodybuilder that I then translated into every other career path that I've chosen. The disciplines that I, and the principles that I learned from bodybuilding built the foundation for what I needed to go on and be successful in a sales career, uh, as an entrepreneur. Um, and so, um, then coming out here to LA as an actor, you know, I mean, my sights were set on breaking through and, and being, uh, you know, being a working actor in the industry, someone that could, could build a career steadily. Um, I didn't want to do anything else. And so I spent all of my time and energy and dedication to, you know, uh, acting classes and headshots and going to a networking events and, you know, you name it. I mean, 12 years in an industry that says no, 99% of the time to you, you know, takes a lot of, a lot of grit, you know? And so, um, but things didn't work out there. I, you know, I had some breaks that were close, but things didn't work out there. So to me, that was a failure. But what came from that was the segue into building what has now been my health and wellness business that I've built very successfully from the ground up in my backyard and have had the opportunity of transforming many people's lives, not just physically, but truly their lives saving relationships and helping people with addiction and, you know, helping people just rediscover and find that self-love and, and motivation and confidence again. And I would say everything that I've done in my life that I feel like I failed at, at up to this point has built my confidence and my strength and my knowledge to be successful at where I'm at right now, where I feel like I've it was all a training ground to get ready for this. Um, and so, you know, I failed, I, I failed quite a bit, but you know, I've always been able to keep a healthy perspective somehow, um, in, and not really letting myself get bogged down or stuck in the mud of the failure, but always, 
working to see um, the positive in the situation because I've had a lot of faith in, you know, that everything happens for a reason, you know, uh, saying it's just something that I literally subscribe to. And I see people, you know, they talk about everything happens for a reason, but it kind of becomes a little bit fair weather because they, they can't quite weather the storm when things that are happening to them that aren't so fortunate. It's, they can't find the, the comfort and the patience in, Hey, this is happening for a reason. They become, you know, negative and complaining and, and really down. And as soon as things turn back up, they're like, Oh, see, everything happens for a reason. But, you know, truly subscribing to everything happens for a reason is being able to go through the downs as well and still be just as confident, still be just as happy and content, just understanding that there's new challenges, you know, but, uh, but the failure component is a, is a, is a very important part, I believe. Um, and it's been a very important, uh, key to my, to my development. And I think when, you know, you can look back retrospectively, you can see kind of the greater picture, but in the moment, um, it's really hard, I think, to see forward to the bigger picture. And so for acting in particular, you said it was 12 years that you were pursuing that dream. So that's obviously such a long time to maintain focus. And I'd love for you to share for our listeners, if they have a big dream that maybe isn't happening at the snap of their fingers, how did you maintain that focus for such a long period of time? Well, two things. One, I would say that I had 100% conviction in the fact that I was going to make it in the industry. I mean, I really believed 100%, no matter how hard the struggles were, how down a year I had, that this was just a downtime. And that, so what I would do is throughout the years of the moments when I was having a downtime, I was spending a lot of time sharpening my, my skill preparing for that moment that I believe was coming. You know, there's a, um, there's a great, I, I believe it's a, a Chinese proverb that talks about the story of two men in the forest, uh, hacking away at, at, at it. They each have their own tree that they're chopping at. And every now and then one guy stops and takes a break and the other guy just keeps on hacking away. And sure enough, the guy who stopped and was taking breaks, his tree fell first. And people would ask, well, how is that possible? He took breaks. And it was while he was taking breaks, he was sharpening his axe. So his cuts were getting deeper and deeper, right? So, so even if I wasn't working at, at periods of my career, I was still working on my craft. I would, I would dig even deeper into acting classes and I would spend even more time, you know, working on my body or, or, or building those relationships or whatever it was that I needed to do to make sure I was ready and prepared for that moment. But I really, you know, had 100% belief in myself and, and conviction, which kept me going. Um, and the second part of that, what, what really kept, what really helped me through those downtimes and through those failures was that I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't do this alone all the time. You know, there were times I needed help and I needed support and I reached out for that. But the important component to that element is not necessarily reaching out, but knowing who to reach out to, um, you know, having, having those resources available and having the desire to reach out to those resources to get yourself out of whatever you're feeling. I mean, even though 
even though I was really strong minded and convicted, I still had some really weak moments through that period. And so I would reach out to people that I could really rely on and trust to help pull me back up, give me some motivation, whatever type of support I needed. But I just knew I could go somewhere to get the support because I wasn't always going to be able to do this on my own. Um, and, and that, you know, means letting go of your ego and letting go of your pride and not letting that get, get in the way. Um, so conviction and belief, and then also not being afraid to reach out for support, um, and knowing that that's okay, I think are, are real two, two key tips for, for working your way through some down periods. Um, well, I think that's an amazing note to end on. Um, I can't believe that the time has flown by so quickly, but um, it's really refreshing kind of to hear the other side of, you know, this curated world that we live in. We often see on Instagram or on social media that, you know, everything is just butterflies and rainbows. So it's really important, I think, for people to hear the work that goes into it, the really hard stuff um, that you have to go through to, you know, find what your passion is, what your dream is, and to really be successful. So for our listeners, where can, where can we find you? Um, how can they reach out to you? Um, and, you know, what are you up to next? So you can check out my website at www.pmblife.com. That's P as in Peter, M as in Mary, B as in boy, life.com. Um, also, you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook. They're both under Chris DeVecchio. Um, we put loads of free content up there and share, share lots of different tips um, and lifestyle hacks, you know, so you can get a taste and a flavor of what we're doing and, um, and what we're about. And feel free to, you know, DM me or if you have any questions, you can always write me. Um, better to catch me there on Instagram or Facebook. Um, what's coming up? We have, I have a product. I can't talk too much about it right now, but I have a, it's like a product program that I'm releasing December 31st. That's, it's going to be pretty unique. I don't think anything in the market like this right now. Um, but it will be, uh, something that people can utilize to, to reset their bodies and get themselves ready for, uh, any type of special event or special occasion that they have coming up. Um, especially coming off the holidays, this will be something that people will really find interesting, I believe. And, you know, beginning of the year, I think is uh, first quarter is something that people oftentimes will take trips and take vacations. And so, or, or they have reunions or, you know, whatever. So it's something that people will be able to tap into and I'll make sure that you certainly get some of this information. We're releasing the product December 31st. Um, and, and this thing will be everywhere. Um, we'll be, we're spending a significant amount of, of time and energy uh, advertising and getting this out to the public on a bigger platform. So you'll certainly know about it. But uh, for now, that's that's really our big focus and uh, and business as usual, you know, um, always open to meeting new people around the world. You know, the remote training business really has become popular. Um, it's helping people who are busy on the go, uh, executives or just people who travel quite a bit who can't always make time for a gym or, or for a trainer. You know, my remote training program is a really, uh, popular and effective program that can get just as good a results as, as working with me one-on-one. -on -one. Um, it's a very integrated program that I, that I build and support clients through an app. Um, very, uh, very hands-on, uh, program just with the way that I work with my clients. So that's really the, uh, the nuts and bolts of what we're doing right now. And, um, like I said, anybody, if anybody's listening that they, they'd like to write in, feel free. 
I'm always open to uh, sharing information. Thanks so much, Chris. Um, and thanks for just being so open this entire episode. We really appreciate it. And for our listeners, you can find us on Instagram at Detox and Chill Podcast. We post three times a week, so follow along there. Um, and then also join our super exclusive Facebook group. We've been having so many awesome conversations, a lot of gift guides going on in there for the holidays, which is awesome. So check us out there. Um, email us however you want to contact us yeah, do it because talk to us. <laughs> we love you guys um so thank you so much chris and thank you for everyone listening yeah thank you we love you guys bye